Hey, hockey fans, welcome to another episode of the Founding Four podcast. This was recorded on Twitter Spaces live from Tulsa, Oklahoma, where I, Erica L. Ayala, was joined by Angelica Rodriguez, as well as Chi Yin, the general manager of the Minnesota Whitecaps, and Nate Oliver the GM for the Buffalo Buttes. Hear them talk about the Battle of the Rig, playing in Tulsa, ending their regular season, and of course, off-season moves, including finding a new head coach. Hello, hello. Hi, what's up? I'm chilling in Tulsa. How are you, hermana? Uh, I wish I were chilling in Tulsa. Jeez. I know, I know. Well, because you are a, a Buffalo expert, I figured I'd, I'd connect you with someone that you know from the 716 here. What? So, uh, yeah. Hey, Angelica, how are you? Hey, who's that? I don't know who that is. Oh, it's Nate Oliver. Come on, you know it's me. It's good to hear your voice. Hi, Nate. How are you? I'm doing well, buddy. How about yourself? I'm doing good. How's, how's everything down in Tulsa? How's the weather down there? The weather is gorgeous. Uh, blue skies, uh, rather arid temperatures and warm. Uh, I didn't wear shorts today, but some of the players did, and some of the staff did. But uh, yeah, yeah I, I think it's 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 definitely a change compared to typical Buffalo weather, and probably what it's maybe right now in Buffalo. Yeah, it's a. I mean, we had a nice day today. Um, we're gonna have a nice Easter as well, so that's cool. But uh, Good. yeah, I uh, definitely. I think the only one I saw in like a full like suit was Iveta, and I'm like, she's gonna be dying right now. What is she doing? <laughs> yeah, she. Iveta always looks cool, and yeah. like, when she was walking around with it. Some uh, a few of the players said she looks like she's from like Men in Black or like the FBI or something like that. <laughs> Yeah, uh, she's always she's always got impeccable style, so I wasn't surprised. So, yes. um, so yeah, of course, uh, for those who are joining or maybe listening on playback, we're with Nate Oliver, general manager of the Buttes. And uh, so as we kind of get into this, um, you know, I guess kind of give us the backgrounds because we didn't really talk about it last year. You know, how how did the whole battle of the rig uh, just kind of come about? Yeah, so, uh, well, both, as many people probably know, or maybe people don't know, uh, both the Buffalo Buttes and the Minnesota Whitecaps are owned by the same ownership, uh, NLTT Hockey Ventures, and that's uh, fronted by a gentleman by the name of Andy Skirto and his partner, Neil Liebman. Um, so in addition to being involved in the PHF and promoting women's sports, uh, Andy is just a big hockey fan in general, uh, and he also owns the Tulsa Oilers, which is an e e uh, ECHL team. Um, and oddly enough, I, I'll throw this in there real quick. So, uh, former Butte player, Candy Sheriff, uh, her brother is playing, uh, for, for Tulsa and, uh, Candy's also cousins with Michaela Grant Menta. So there's kind of a Butte's connection there already, but, um, yeah, definitely. going back to your original question, uh, they thought it would be a good idea to give our two teams an opportunity to play some exhibition games against each other in Tulsa at the BOK center. And, um, the fans, the first year that we did it last year in April, um, they really fell in love with it. They'd never had an opportunity to see women's pro hockey before. And they, leading up to this year's event, they had been asking pretty much all season long, when are the women coming back? When are the women coming back? They were really excited about it. And it was another great out outcome to be back here again. So we're really looking forward to it. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it seems like there's been a uh, really good um, reception, like you said, from the local crowds. Um, any fans that you recognize from maybe over at Fort Butte or is it mostly just a local scene? So it's been the local scene, but I'll, I'll call it the extended Fort Butte because uh, I definitely <laughs> saw a good amount of Butte's uh, jerseys and T-shirts in, in, the, in the stands. And I remember seeing the same of last season as well, too. There's certainly some players' families that made it down, which was great to see. I know that um, some of Whitney Dove's family's been here and Dominique Kramer, uh, Michaela Grant-Mentis. So it's nice to see that support, um, you know, from our from family members as well as just general Butte's fans. Nobody that I really noticed from the Buffalo area, but maybe I just missed them, uh, but definitely appreciating the fan base that, that was here and the supporters that we have. And I'll yeah. chime in here real quick. Uh, I know there's a family that travels from Kansas city and they've come to the, the two battle of the rigs or, and have really enjoyed it and have a, a, a one of their children is on the spectrum. And so they had uh, the, one of the Buttes, autism speaks jerseys on and really meant a lot to them they were a little bit concerned it wouldn't arrive before <laughs> they got down to Tulsa but it did so really huge impact it was a family that I was able to meet last year and uh, they were back again this year that's awesome that, that's that is, amazing yeah that's great that is really cool so um Nate tell us a little bit about the facilities um and you know what's box center really like it's really fantastic. I mean, it, it's a relatively newer building. Um, I had been fortunate enough outside of the Buttes. I had also come to a hockey game here a few years back, and I was just blown away. I mean, it, it, in my estimations, it's similar to an NHL facility um, in terms of the layout with the, you know, with the Jumbotron and um, just the video and, and the theatrics, I guess you could say, of it. They do have cheerleaders. They do have a lot, a lot of great music playing. There's um, certainly, like, anywhere that you can go for concession stands. There's it's basically like pick your poison, right? I mean, there's just a lot that you can choose from in terms of just enjoying the atmosphere. One thing that I've noticed about the Tulsa fans in general is that they absolutely love collecting jerseys. Um, they, uh, you know, even with the ones with the Oilers, like they're, I think the, the theme tonight is, I don't remember the exact name of it, but the jerseys are meant to look like denim. And I imagine that those are going to be hot sellers. But even in the time that we've been here, I mean, they, they buy up the Buttes jerseys. We did bring a lot of our um specialty jerseys down um in addition to our you know our regular buttes blue and the buttes white um mm -hmm. we did bring down some of the pride ones and everything like that and they just gobble it up so it's wow. set up where you come to see a show in addition to the fact that it's a hockey game, right? There's a lot of theatrics to it. And I think that's what we enjoy about it. And it's very welcoming as well, too. You know, the fan base is always eager to see us. There's a men's game that's piggybacking off of the women's game that we just played. And our players will be signing autographs during the first intermission and the second intermission. We did the same thing at last year's event. And mm -hmm. we were just mobbed. I mean, just the, the amount of people that wanted to get autographs from us was really fantastic. That's really cool. I mean, yeah, it sounds like it's a really fun, uh, fun time for everybody. Uh, any any kind of uh, tips and sh or tricks you're uh, gathering for next season as far as the theatric side of it goes for our themed nights or 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 not? Not so much yet. <laughs> well, no, I mean, and that's part of the other reason why we do this, too. It's a great question that you asked is that yeah. it, it does give us like different ideas, especially just seeing mm -hmm. what other teams do. Um, I was fortunate enough last June, and maybe I'll have an opportunity to do it again, but 
um, went to an ECHL conference with myself and some of the counterparts from NLTT and, and the Whitecaps. And the whole point of it was to connect with other ECHL teams. And, you know, we were, it was really nice that both um, two PHF teams got to be there as well, too. So you do pick up those types of ideas and just see how people do things differently. And, and you borrow here and you maybe steal a little bit there, um, but piece it all together to, you know, to, put, to improve your show. Um, you know, in, in your home rink. So I do think that that's a big part of it and why we do it. Um, one thing that I've been really impressed with is that they do have um, a very large appreciation for Native American people um, here. And they do a lot, um, even with jerseys and different events that they do here. And maybe that's something that we could try to incorporate uh, in Buffalo. I would love to see that happen. So definitely, you know, just picking up tips and tricks here and there that, that will help us and we can bring back home with us to Western New York. Yeah, absolutely. Now, for anybody who may want to come to a future Battle of the Rigs, since I'm sure this will be an annual event for as long as NLTT is involved, uh, what's, um, you know, what's the, the city itself like? And I understand you guys have probably, you know, had a chance to, you know, roam a little bit. What, what strikes you about Tulsa specifically? Well, I think the first thing right off the bat is just the weather. I've been to Tulsa um, five times in total, two being for hockey. And, it really is just a nice atmosphere, particularly at this time of the year. So I would imagine that if we keep doing these events in the springtime, it's actually maybe the perfect time to come here, um, mm -hmm. you know, because it's a bit warmer weather and whatnot. But the food is fantastic. The people have always been great to us. There's a lot of good places to go for barbecue here. I've also seen some breakfast places, um, you know, for adult beverages as well, too. There's uh, some taverns and um, you know, different bars in the area, if that's your scene. There's a lot of um, uh, motorized scooters as well, too. That seems to be a popular thing. Uh, I, I'm, I, I will admit that some of the players gave it, gave it a whirl and, and explored the city that way as well, too. Um, so that was kind of cool to see. I, I would say in general, it's just a fun place to be and a welcoming place to be. And yeah, I can and, confirm yeah. that as a Tulsa now myself, definitely hop on the scooter to get where I got to go. <laughs> and yes, the libations immaculate in, uh, in Tulsa as a former New York city bartender. I can, I can tell you that but, uh, uh, Nate, I, I think we're almost out of time with you so you can get some food and some grub, yeah. but you know, we're going to, we're going to have on set, set you up uh, to talk a little bit about some of the changes that have happened even since the Butte season ended and what that will look like for you in particular particular this yeah. off season and we talked even off off uh, spaces about what the off season looks like knowing that uh, there's worlds happening uh, back in uh, in Brampton yeah, yeah. and I I was very fortunate that I was able to get up to the Women's Worlds on Thursday this past week. Um, I'll be going up again once we're back in Buffalo. Um, we get back to Buffalo on Sunday evening. Uh, and so my intent is throughout this week to be up there as much as I can and to catch as many of the games as I can. Um, obviously, there's a PHF presence with a number of players from, from up there, but then certainly a lot of up-and-comers um, just in on the women's scene that are, you know, maybe just ready to break through, uh, you know, the players that maybe in their late teens, early 20s that maybe we haven't really had an opportunity to see because they're not in the collegiate realms. We're seeing them more on the international stage. Um, so it's a great opportunity for scouting and planning for the, the, the season ahead. And then also just to have a presence up there as well, too, to, to show that, you know, the, the, the Buffalo Buttes are up there and, and, and taking interest in in the women's worlds and that we have a presence up there and, and same thing as far as the PHF is concerned. Um, you know, I, it's been really exciting the amount of games that have happened and 
why not check it out? I mean, it's from Buffalo. You know, I, I probably have the advantage that I'm, you know, only an hour and a half away. So maybe that gives me the advantage over some of the other uh, PHF teams other than Toronto, of course. But uh, I definitely had a lot of fun for the games that I've attended so far. And um, mm-hmm. there's players certainly that I've been familiar with for, for quite some time. And really the, the nice part about it, if I'm talking from the fan side of it and, and just loving the, the women's game, is that there's players that you really have only – usually only get to see on television and you know maybe only once a year once every four years that you know i have an opportunity to go see right in my own backyard for lack of better words and that's been fantastic yeah definitely and you know of course uh with that being said i mean i know we've already heard of uh, alina mueller you know mentioning she might want to play in north america i'm sure there's going to be a lot of international interest um especially with the growth the league is undertaking um and with that comes opportunity for growth within the buttes organization of course um you know obviously uh there is going to be some changes. We're going to be seeing a new coach behind the bench. How has that search been going? And what are you really looking for, you know, all things considered with regards to the direction the Buttes are going to be going in next year? Yeah, so great question. I'll, I'll, I'll touch upon just the, the aspect of the women's worlds at first leading into that. So, you know, you, you talked about changes and in, in things that we're preparing for. I think you've seen it already a little bit when you look at the international players that we did have this past season, you know, you bring on somebody like an Emma Newton, who's a two-time Olympian and has played at multiple world championships herself for Team Finland. You know, we have Antonia Matska, um, mm-hmm. plays for Austrian women's national team. And of course there's a, a big Austrian player that presumably is, is going to be available to us too. And Teresa Schafsel. Um, so that's, you know, definitely a player that, uh, I've kept an eye on for quite some time. You know, you mentioned Alina Mueller. Um, certainly she's done some wonderful, wonderful things at Northeastern and we've certainly found success with players from Northeastern's program before with Haley Skimura and Colleen Murphy and, you know, players, uh, from, from that era, um, Great to see. I think everybody going with with Mueller has had eyes on her for quite some time. Yeah. Um, you know, especially since she found success so early with Team Switzerland, and then now certainly on the collegiate scene. So that's exciting in itself. But moving on to your second part of your question, and and it's talking about something else that's really exciting is that with a new head coach search. Um, I've been blown away by the amount of interest there has been in the position. Um, you know, I've I've probably received over 30 different applicants and it's going through that process of vetting who the proper candidates are, what what matches what we're looking for um, in terms of taking the Buttes to the next level and making the improvements where we're not a last place team. We're competing and, and looking at, you know, the other teams that that have a, a, a head coach like a Jerry Haney or, you know, a Colton Orr and, you know, you know, we, we want to have a big name as well, too. So I've been really excited to see the amount of interest that we've had in it. And, you know, while and it's the case, you know, for any sort of a job that somebody applies for, sometimes you get applicants that, you know, they may have good credentials, but they may not be exactly at that at that level that you're looking for. But then there's some others and like, OK, wow, that's a pretty big name or, you know, this is somebody that's very accomplished and, and I would be excited to work with that person. So I would say in terms of of the scene, we're right in the midst of you know, going through that, we're kind of in, in the thick of it right now, I, I, is how I would put it. I've been doing interviews for a couple of weeks now and continue to do so. And I'm really looking to have somebody in place um, within the next few weeks ahead. So stay tuned for that. 
Definitely, definitely. I'll definitely be uh, hitting you up, I'm sure, uh, with uh, some, Nate, any updates? Nate, any updates? But uh, <laughs> before uh, before I let you go, last question, probably the most important, uh, what's for dinner? <laughs> your, your guess is as good as mine. Uh, Grace Kleinbach <laughs> just walked by and Summer Rae Dobson, Whitney Dove, and a whole bunch of others that are, are on their way to dinner. So they're going to get a first taste before I do. Yeah, yeah, Grace, dinner, yeah Grace. I have no idea. I'm going to go check it out. Yeah, see how I did it. <laughs> Hello. Hi. How, how, how are you, Grace? Everyone? I'm fantastic. Good. Uh, do you have fun today? Always have fun. That's oh, the number I one love goal. It. Love to hear it. Well, enjoy Thank dinner. And... Yeah. Thank you. So we shall. <laughs> right, thanks, buddy. We're getting Grace Kleinbach hugs. Yes, very important. Grace Kleinbach hugs. Very, very important. Yeah. Get a hug for me. Thank you. <laughs> Will do. Thanks, Angelica. Be well. All right. See ya. You too. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go grab some grub too, but uh, we uh, we might have some other interviews. So I'm going to mute myself, uh, but let you guys keep talking. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, for what you guys just joining us, that was uh, Nate Oliver giving us a little bit of a scoop on the Battle of the Rig, as well as uh, the changes coming up. Sounds like the head coaching search is definitely heating up. Um, it's going to be really interesting. Um, I'm really hoping that... Uh, you know, what he said is is true and we're going to be able to see um, kind of a shift in uh, not just the style and uh, skill set and the level of competition uh, for the Buttes versus the rest of the league, but uh, definitely hoping that, um, you know, it, I'm just hoping it pans out. You know, I think we've, I've said it a couple of times throughout the season, you know, looking at the rest of this uh, this league, you know, with coaches like Geraldine Haney and coaches like uh, Colton Orr, um, you know, who have that prestige, who have that skill and that experience, uh, it's definitely going to be very interesting to uh, to see what Buffalo is going to be able to do with that. So. All right. All right. Thank you, Angie. Uh, you see that we have the Minnesota Whitecaps have joined us, and that is because we are with their GM here. Uh, we're going to talk some uh, we're going to talk some Whitecaps hockey. So first, let's let's go back to Arizona. See, we were we were both in Arizona. You see that team be able to make that push uh, after, of course, we were all writing about it. <laughs> eight games winless going into the postseason. What were some of the things that you saw change with with the skaters on the ice and, and your players that really uh, created that turnaround to have an upset against Boston? Wait, I, I, the, we got to make them a speaker. Oh, it's not loud enough? Yeah, no. All right, hold we, on. We, I'm going to make the account a speaker. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, hang on. Send speaker invite. Okay, I invited it. I invite him. Okay. But, well, he's here with oh, me. Here all right. Me. Well, then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, uh, sorry, going going back to Boston, uh, I think what we saw was players just uh, really finding that time and to, to, back, to um, co find some cohesiveness with each other uh, at the hotel, off the ice. And what we really saw was just, you know, them, them really looking back and saying, hey, like, we can do this and – you know, I think we can we can put in all put our effort in, and we know we can win if if we kind of just play uh, together instead of independently. 
Yeah, and I mean, I know you have uh, Boston roots, but uh, I, I'm assuming you were rooting for Minnesota that weekend. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I, I actually root for any team against Boston. So it's not a, <laughs> oh, my God. I, After I, I may have Boston roots, but it's only because of school. Only because of school. All right. Everything else, it's it's uh, all, all against Boston. Okay. Um, you know, this is a Whitecaps team that has had success, a franchise that has had success. You have big names that have been in and out of this organization, but it, it really was. And we were talking to Britain, you know, only what was it, four returning players or something like that, uh, really booning this roster. Um, you know, w- what was exciting about that to be able to, to bring in some new lifeblood to this team? Well, I will say that when I, when I was hired, I, I did not make any roster changes because I, I didn't, I wasn't a part of that process last year. I came in late. And I think what we're seeing is, um, I know I've seen, I've been in, in women's hockey here or there. I, when I went to Northeastern, I watched a lot of women's hockey. So I've had friends in it, but the game has changed so much overall, not just women's hockey, but hockey overall. So we're seeing a lot more speed and we're seeing a lot more um, high end ability to uh, handle the puck and uh, creating time and space and being able to actually break down the game a little bit faster. Um, it, and I think that the newer generation of players you'll, you'll see is very high level. And we're, what we're going to see is a lot more puck movement. We're going to see a lot more creativity and we're going to see faster gameplay. And I think when, uh, when we're looking at it and you, you get to watch college hockey now, and for those who don't get a chance to watch it, um, you're going to see a lot of great players coming out of the WCHA and Hockey East. And um, forgive me if I forget any conferences. Oh, WCHA. yeah. All, all of the ones. All of the ones. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and I wanted to actually ask you. <laughs> I don't know them either. Don't ask me. <laughs> but I wanted to I wanted to ask you a little bit about that, because as someone who's on the broadcast, I noticed that later in the season, as I started to call Minnesota games, we were seeing that, you know, WCHA playoff ads and stuff like that. So what is the relationship, not just from the league? And I know player or former players like Casey Bellamy are really trying to work on that. But what, what are the opportunities that you see from Minnesota to really grasp onto what's happening in women's college hockey? Yeah, I think we're in a really fortunate position where we're located. Uh, we get to watch a lot of great hockey. I know it's not called the state of hockey for nothing. <laughs> um, but, but obviously you, you watch, I've, I watched a lot of hockey this year and I watched a lot of WCHA teams and just seeing how much talent is there and how much talent overall in women's hockey and at the college level, like this league is going to be great and whatever, whatever it may happen. And it's, you know, unfortunately we, there aren't enough spots in the league uh, to, to get everybody in from the neck, from, from the college level, but to the next level. Uh, but there's definitely some tough decisions to make at the end of the day. You know, and thinking about that, um, you saw that you were able to get to the final overtime against the Toronto Six team and talk to some of the players. Obviously, not the not the goal, but still a, a magnificent run. You saw the chemistry even on a trip like this building for your Whitecap squad. What are the next steps now for you and your staff? Um, and and how much of that is is kind of gauging where players are at and and prioritizing maybe what elements you want to bring back as we're I believe right now in restricted free agency uh, before things open up uh, for free agency altogether. Yeah, I think the goal is always to build a foundation and build a core and you know look at this group and what they did at the end, at their stretch. But uh, being able to build around core players and trying to, you know, my job right now, and I've told all the players, this is like, hey, I got to find a core, and this core is going to be the foundation for the for the organization, and we're going to rebrand and we're going to try and change our culture, and get our culture in a moving in a different direction. But obviously, uh, 
we want to keep certain players and we want to make sure that those those players are on board and they don't just want to build a championship team for one year but they want to build a championship team that ends up uh, you know being a dynasty yeah, I love that. And uh, I believe my comrade here has raised her hand in the in the spaces. Uh, so I think she's got a question for you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, with the changing of the culture and, you know, trying to build a core, obviously, you know, I'll ask the same question as far as, you know, coaching goes, um, you know, and the changes there. What are you looking toward, you know, as far as your guys next season comes and seasons to follow? Uh, you know, right now we're just looking for a coach that's going to be able to grasp the the concepts and uh, the ability to um, build around that dynasty and, you know, have the same principles, having a, an underlying foundation that that'll drive hockey into a, a different space as far as, um, you know, less of old school hockey and more of uh, what we think the future looks like. Yeah, I think that's interesting because on the broadcast, we've been starting to talk about things like positionless hockey or looking at a Whitecap squad. I talked to Amanda Bouye a decent amount about, uh, you know, hopping up into the play as a defender, but, you know, finding that balance because the league just keeps getting better offensively. So you still need your defenders to defend. Um, but, you know, outside of maybe some of those kind of positionless hockey things, what do you see as kind of the next innovations maybe on the women's game or women's side of the game, excuse me, that you'd love to see Minnesota take advantage of? Uh, I'm a big fan of puck possession. So puck possession is number one. And uh, I, I definitely look at players who have poise and making sure that uh, they see the ice in a, in a manner that allows them to be successful up and down the ice. And, uh, you know, positionless hockey is obviously one of the things, well, it's not obvious to everybody else, but to everybody who knows me, positionless hockey is one of my core principles. And being able to uh, garner players that, can grasp that concept as well as the coaching staff that can grasp that concept is is number one for me and uh and i think as as the game moves forward with men's women's doesn't matter but hockey overall like hockey overall is all about puck possession so if we don't have the puck we're not going to win I love that. And we also have seen that Minnesota has had an amazing goaltender since its inception with Amanda Levier. We've also seen that Levier has, has uh, had to deal with some injuries, particularly late in the season. Brenneman, though, who's here with us in Tulsa, uh, has been a fantastic uh, complementary element for the Whitecaps down the stretch. Uh, when you look at players like that, that maybe aren't given opportunity game in, game out, but really have stepped up and shown what they can do. You know, how, how difficult does that make your role? <laughs> yeah, and, you know, every every GM and coach has that tough decision to make. And I, unfortunately, in, in this game right now, the number of games doesn't actually bode well or benefit the uh, certain players on teams because, you know, they're limited in, in opportunities that they can grasp. And the opportunities that they get are basically through practice and trying to figure out whether or not, um, you know, coaches, if coaches want to take that risk. And really what we need is we actually, you know, we there's so many goaltenders out there right now that are helping push the envelope and making coaches and GMs like myself figure out like, okay, well, who's the next, who's going to be the next live and who's going to be the next Schroeder and et cetera. And, and, you know, I think healthy competition and practices is key and making sure that uh, we keeping, we're keeping players honest and, and their off season and making sure that they're getting healthy and staying healthy. And, and actually, you know, that being said, I think having enough players that you can use in your practices to make sure that, you know, a player, your, your number one can get rest when they need it. So I, I, and, you know, 24 games isn't easy. 
Um, and, and we actually, you know, you have to look at it and say, well, we need X amount of points in order to make the playoffs. So you have to be conscientious about that. And, and you know, it's just strategy a little bit. You got to play a little bit of chess. Yeah, for sure. Before I uh, yield the mic over to Angelica in case she has any other questions for you, I want to ask you, I know I told you I wasn't going to put you on the spot, but I kind of am a little bit here. <laughs> It'll be a fun one, though. We were in Arizona and you you kind of poo-pooed my my choice to do a marinara sauce and an alfredo sauce what's up with that you don't you don't like the sauces mixing <laughs> uh you know i tried it uh three times now it's, today was the third time uh it is it is growing on me a little bit but it's definitely oh. not my number one look at that breaking news i did not know that we had the alfredo marinara mix but i'm glad you're on. So for me it's like it's like you know um, i'm macgyvering the sauce to make a vodka sauce there's, there's a new one there's a new one i heard today and this may cause some controversy but somebody may or may not put marinara sauce with ranch dressing oh absolutely not no that's, nope. that's I'm not I'm not ready for that. I'm not that's ready. I'm, I'm not ready. I'm so glad this isn't a video pod because the faces we're making. <laughs> All right, here's, uh, most, most burning questions for for uh, Whitecaps GM here. Um, I mean, I guess kind of we'll end off on a on a note just with regards to um, you know, just being able to play uh, in Tulsa and being able to connect with the fans here. Just your your overall thoughts on that. <laughs> Got it. Um, I wasn't sure where the question was there, but at, at the end of the day, I think spreading the game is is important. And I talked to a few fans in the stands today. I went walk through the concourse, but just being able to represent women's hockey in in, in an area where maybe women's hockey isn't thought of. I know I talked to uh, Maggie upstairs. She's one of the attendants, and she was just thrilled to watch women's hockey and was super super happy. Like, change of pace from watching the Oilers all the time but she loved watching the women and thought man this is awesome I talked to a couple of kids that were out here and just being able to put smiles on their faces and for them to be able to look up and look at uh, professional women playing hockey I think gives them a little bit of um, you know a, a hero so, so to speak or heroine to uh, to to look up to and to, to want to play hockey yeah definitely awesome well thank you so much for your time appreciate it no worries thank you all right, I'm going to go on mute, say my goodbyes, and then I'll join you guys again. All right, so you just heard from the general manager of the Minnesota Whitecaps, uh, just discussing a little bit about next steps. Uh, as we know, both the Whitecaps and the Buttes uh, have uh, active head coach searches as of right now. Um, the Whitecaps very, very nearly made it uh, all the way. They did make it to the final, but unfortunately came up short in overtime. Uh, still just an unbelievable run for them. You know, definitely not something I think anybody really expected, but, uh, you know, they're a really solid team. And uh, he definitely sounds like he wants to keep that alive and, and going strong. So, uh, excited to see what happens there. And uh, as far as the Battle of the Ring goes, some things I'd love to see with that. Uh, definitely would love to get some televised um, exhibition games uh, soon. Uh, I'm hoping that that'll be the case moving forward. Um, just because it does sound like it was a great time. Uh, for those of you who don't know, maybe uh, weren't able to follow along. Uh, we definitely um, were keeping uh, live tweets going. Erica, obviously on location in Tulsa, um, live tweeted the game. And 
you know, it looks like uh, Buffalo went up to a two to one lead after coming from one nothing, but it was all white caps from there. And uh, they ended up winning the game five two. Uh, but it definitely sounds like there were a lot of fun moments, uh, fun to be had overall. And, uh, a, you know, I think it's a really cool thing to be able to go to Tulsa and make it an annual thing. You know, I think that being able to um, grow in a market that maybe not a lot of people think of immediately, um, but could be a really lucrative one uh, from what, what it sounds like for sure. So, uh, so yeah, I definitely, um, like I said, I think tele <laughs> televised games, I think, will be great, or at least having something kind of like a mixler uh, and having a broadcast team do it that way, uh, I think would be awesome for the fans. So uh, what are your thoughts on that? You know, what are your thoughts moving forward uh, uh, as far as anything uh, that either of these gentlemen uh, shared with us today? <laughs> um and uh, Maddie says, I listened to this entire thing, not realizing the game happened already. Yeah, the game, the game happened. <laughs> the game was uh, uh, played. Uh, so as we mentioned, uh, Minnesota won five to two, um, to, went on a tear uh, in the third period, three unanswered goals to uh, win it. So um, on the Butte's end, we had Summer Ray Dobson and Claudia Kepler scoring. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I think we have Aaron back with us here. <laughs> yes, I loved your recap. You were doing great. I was trying to figure out how to use this coffee machine just to get some hot water. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. But um, yeah, I agree with a lot of what you said as someone who I guess is a, a Tulsan now. Um, it's really been interesting to see what professional sports is like here i've seen an nhl preseason game i've seen a uh, nba preseason game i've seen now two phf exhibitions and those are just the events that i've been to um so you know a nice little market here and i'm grateful that uh andy gives me something to do in, in the off season but um <laughs> Yeah, I think it's I think it's an interesting market and, and an interesting concept. Uh, you know, I think you can definitely argue whether it's the right quote unquote time to do something like this. These things are always tough. We know that some players uh, will be missing or we're missing, um, particularly thinking of um, the the Minnesota Whitecaps side, and of course you've got uh, Denisa Krishova competing for Team Czechia. Um, and as, as we heard Nate say earlier, you know, he's kind of double dipping. So on the, uh, in between, or I should say he bookends this trip with, uh, trips to the women's world. But honestly, that's, that's kind of the schedule regardless, right? There's always something going on, which is good. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Really it's, it, it's a sign that, you know, the game is growing in the right direction, essentially. Um, and mentioning uh, some of the players that filled in, uh, AV has a question uh, for you, Erica, your thoughts on the uh, players who filled in today for this game. Oh, yeah. Um, so <laughs> There were five he, of them, correct? There were five total. I know my first tweet was in misinformed. That's my B, my B. Um, but it was five total. Um, and two of the five goals scored from Minnesota came from Katie Skaja, I believe is uh, S K A J A. 
um, who I think is well. They're they all have Minnesota roots. I believe it was two players from Mankato, two from Minnesota Duluth, and then one from uh, the U of M Minnesota. So uh, yeah, I'm very curious to see. And and now realizing that I forgot to ask Chi when we were on about that and and what that looks like. Um, but yeah, it seems like the, you know those players were able to to get some reps, and I think that's really exciting as well. But yes, definitely, uh, that was one of the players that stood out to me. Uh, had two goals, so that always helps. <laughs> yeah, um, it's Katie Skaya. Uh, so um, yeah, Katie is a member of the Minnesota Golden Gophers, who uh, they very narrowly missed the. Uh, Frozen Four final, losing, I believe, to Wisconsin. If I'm not, if there's been so much hockey, I can barely keep it all in my head. But um, yes, so uh, really interesting uh, to see. You know, hey, even if it doesn't end up coming out, you know, you know, Sky becoming a white cap or any of these players becoming white caps, um, you know, it's always good to have that kind of a presence and that kind of a connection. You never know what will happen down the line. So. Um, with that being said, yeah. Sorry, Erica, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, that's that's all good and well. Um, yeah, so I, I just wanted to hop in here as I get ready to transition. There's some Tulsa. I don't know why I just put an empty box back. I'm just gonna throw this away. Anyway, <laughs> I'm gonna um, I'm gonna uh, head to some Tulsa baseball shortly. Um, but yeah, Fun. I'm glad I'm glad that you are available, Hermana, to top artists and we got some you know here on the founding floor pod as part of black rosy media we, we were able to to do some live coverage and get not one but two gms from the phf to, to give us word on a lot of things including uh the two teams that are in the middle of a, of a coaching search right now yeah absolutely um i will let you go ahead and transition um i'll probably keep on for another few minutes just wanted to go over a couple of other things in the thread but um you know as far as uh that chat goes i did see skylar say very interested in seeing who coaches the buttes next year uh, i am too i am very intrigued to see who they pick like i had said earlier you know i think that it's about time uh with the salary cap going up and the level of competition is bound to skyrocket as a result and i think that it is high time that the buttes really look into getting you know super not that they weren't serious before, but I think that it's definitely a new sense of urgency for them, um, especially over the last couple of seasons, having, you know, bottom of the, the league uh, in terms of the standings, not really, you know, getting past the first round of the playoffs. It's high time that, you know, we, we get uh, a coach in there with the experience, with the level of I don't want to say competency, but competency that is needed to um, succeed in this league because yeah, you know, it just and goes year by year. The competition is tougher. So yeah, and you know, I thought it was really interesting to hear um, what Chi Yang had to say about that regarding the Minnesota Whitecaps because I think yes. if we really listen back to what he was saying, um, and I think, <laughs> I mean, you can take it any way you want because you know he didn't elaborate, but I think that what I heard as some broad strokes takeaways is exactly what you're saying um, from yeah. the Minnesota perspective too, that there are ways um, and we see the game changing 
And uh, I get the sense from what she told us that he is excited to capitalize on maybe, um, you know, an innovative hockey style that for one reason or another, he felt has been missing from Minnesota. I think that's fair to say. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think that that meant that I know exactly what you were talking about. And he mentioned, you know, kind of transitioning from old school to new school. Um, And, you know, that kind of makes me wonder if, you know, we're going to see a changing of the guard with some of the players. I'm sure that that's, you know, it's bound to happen on both sides, I think, for both Minnesota and Buffalo as players find you know, maybe opportunities that fit them a little bit better. And of course, we don't know what's going to happen with the PWHL as well. You know, that could always end up uh, being a more lucrative opportunity for them. Uh, Again, with Worlds um, happening right now in Brampton, I'm sure that uh, not just Nate, but multiple GMs have their eyes there. Uh, And, uh, you know, it's just going to make things a lot more interesting. And I can definitely... um, tell that there's some some big changes afoot not just for you know these teams in particular but for the full the league as a whole so yes indeed yes indeed well said hermana like you said i'm gonna let you wrap up i'll keep i'm gonna keep listening uh i'm just gonna make my walk over it's it's a whole 10 minutes so um <laughs> Tulsa, downtown tulsa is small especially if you're from new york city and used to walking you know new york city blocks so i'm yeah, gonna, I'm I'm gonna sure. stick on i'm gonna stick on so if you ever have a question that you want me to yeah. chime in on just let me know but uh i'm gonna let you take it from here hermana and thanks everyone for joining us yeah thanks erica well as you heard erica is in tulsa she was able to cover bell the rig and uh um, you know, I think overall, uh, this season has been a very intriguing one, a very interesting one in terms of um, what we're already kind of seeing. I think, you know, we've kind of made a little bit of a transition already into a new era, um, and I think it's just going to keep going. Uh, hearing both GMs kind of discuss what they've been looking for in terms of um, you know, next steps for their teams is uh, also indicative of that. I think that um, it's it's definitely going to be something that I'm intrigued. And uh, for those who maybe didn't join in while Nate Oliver was on or uh, caught the tail end, uh, he is saying that uh, potentially in the next couple of weeks, we could hear something regarding a new head coach for the Buttes. So uh, I will definitely be keeping tabs on that. As far as Everything else goes, um, you know, we're still covering worlds. You can definitely expect uh, some coverage, not just on Black Rosie Media, but on the Ice Garden, as well as I'm sure uh, multiple other (laughs) websites, Uh, the Hockey News. I know Ian Kennedy is also covering. um, So definitely keep your eyes open. We'll be giving you all of the news that is fit for uh, your viewing and reading and listening pleasure. So uh, other than that, I think we'll wrap it up here. Uh, as usual, thank you all for joining us on this very, uh, <laughs> very uh, not last minute because I knew it was going to happen, but it definitely was a uh, more casual sort of Twitter spaces as we talked to um, some members of the Whitecaps and the Buttes. Uh, for Erica Lindsay Ayala, I am Angelica Rodriguez, and I hope that you all have a wonderful rest of your night and a happy, happy Easter if you celebrate. Take care.